This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, friends. It's Annie Grace, and I am answering readers' questions. I'm the author of This Naked Mind. Today's question is from Dana. Dana says, Annie, I read your article, I'm not an alcoholic, but here's how I knew I needed to stop drinking on Mind, Body, Green and really enjoyed it. Do you still go out to the bars and sit with your friends, although you're no longer drinking? If so, how do you loosen up? I'm in my late 20s and much of my social interaction with friends is still at bars. I'd love your feedback. This is a great question. Um, Yes, I definitely do. I, you know, my friends and I don't really spend a ton of time at bars per se. We, because we're, I'm 37, I have two kids, but we do lots of kind of backyard bars or the bars at our friend's house or camping, bring your own bar or, um, you know, family kind of slumber parties where the entire family will spend the night at our house so the kids can go to bed and the parents can stay up late and drink. So these are all sorts of activities that replace the bar scene, but very social drinking activities that we do now. Um, and of course, it's just where your friends are and there's always alcohol and there's always drinking and that's just our culture and that's just how it is. So yes, I do. I still do all and participate in all of these activities. And this is kind of how I do it. I make two commitments to myself. First, um, in terms of loosening up, I think the best thing to do is just to make a commitment that I'm gonna stop worrying about me because I think a lot of the time we feel shy, we feel inhibited when we worry about ourselves, when we worry what other people think, will I say the right thing, why do the right thing? You can completely flip the script and completely erase that when you just make the commitment that I'm gonna be here and present for my friends. And by the way, it's the way to make your night the most enjoyable anyway. So I now know that my most fulfilling path to an evening that you know with my friends is when we just I decide to make space for them I decide to really engage with what they're doing I decide to stop worrying about what they think about me and and basically just decide to ask a lot of questions instead of doing a lot of talking um, and you know a drunken scene like when people drink we think that it loosens us up we think that it helps us make connections and I'll say two things I think on the surface there's a huge placebo effect. So it does give you that initial buzz, that initial rush that feels like a letting down of your inhibitions. It goes away pretty quickly, but you believe you've ingested something that's gonna give you this sense of loosening up and this sense of courage. And that belief by itself is hugely, hugely powerful. I mean, placebo tests show that, you know, placebos can have over 50% and that's just because somebody believes that it's the pill they need. Um, so it's a hugely powerful thing to believe it. And so there is that impact of believing it. But the thing is, is that alcohol truly, it makes you more, less present. It makes you less there and it contributes to less authentic, less engaging conversations and, and ultimately, you know, not as much fun. So you can observe this, you know, we think it connects us. We think it brings us together, but at a bar, you know, look at it when people first come, right? And they get that first glass or they get that first bottle and that's where they're most connected. Absolutely. They've, they've arrived there. They are, they haven't seen each other. They're laughing, they're chatting. And I guarantee you the alcohol hasn't had a physiological effect on them yet because they're 20 minute, you know, they're a few sips into their beer. 
Um, and fast forward two or three hours, fast forward to when, you know, the party really quote gets started or whatever. What you can observe is that drunken people are kind of, they withdraw into their own worlds and they end up, you feel further apart. Um, you don't actually feel it because you can't feel much of anything, but alcohol, it actually numbs the brain's ability to receive information from its senses. It decre decreases the time that it takes for your neurons to fire. So it slows down your thought process and it makes it much more difficult for you to have be present. It takes by its definition, it takes away your ability to truly be present for another person or for yourself. So if you observe a drunken conversation, there's a lot of talk there's very little connection. There's a lot of talk and a lot, very little listening. Um, so I would say that when people actually get drunk, it does the opposite of kind of connect us with each other. And that's why we want to be loosened up anyway, to be able to connect. So my advice and what I do is I just make a commitment to be present for my friends, to create space, to ask more questions. And then by the way, that makes you the more interesting person anyway. I mean, my most lonely nights are nights where I'm feeling sorry for myself and I've been with a friend and I just pour out all my crap, you know, and then I walk away. I didn't learn anything. I didn't connect. It wasn't a two-way conversation. Um, but when you are asking questions and having a two-way conversation and really talking to each other, you'll be surprised how fast and how deep and how intimate these conversations can quickly become. And, and that's what's really fulfilling about other people is connecting with them and, and speaking to them and stuff. And alcohol, it, it appears to do that initially, but it really takes us away from that, you know, at its crux. So um, again, by its definition, it makes you less present. And so being there fully engaging with your friends, it's such a gift to them. Um, and of course, we like to be around the most people who listen. It's so much more fun when people are listening to us and we feel important and valued. And that's just the truth for, for anyone and everyone. And so giving that as a gift to your friends not only makes you have a better night, you stop worrying about loosening up because you're not thinking about yourself. And it makes your friends have a better night and, and you're, the, you're the one they want to be around the most. So it's actually deepened your connections. Not to mention, um, there's this really cool thing that happens and it's taken time for sure. And it, it definitely took me not preaching at my friends about drinking and not judging and not bringing it up all the time. I had to let my actions speak and not, um, not my words. And that was a very important lesson for me. But the incredible thing is that since we're such social animals, your not drinking actually has a tangible direct impact on how much or how little everybody else drinks. And this is really true. Um, I'd love to do a study on this. Like I, I'd love to just observe and study it somehow. But in my experiences, if I was to order another drink, so would my friend. If I was to drink my drink fast, so would my friend. Equally, now that I don't drink, if I order a club soda, my friend nurses their drink because there's something about it that makes them feel a little bit uncomfortable about ordering another one. Or when I order my next club soda, you know, there's so many times that I'm really surprised because my friend will be like, oh, yeah, I'll just have that too. No, that sounds actually refreshing. And then all of a sudden we're having this great conversation, time's flying by, and she's not actually getting drunk like she would have before. So I think that, you know, it's really interesting. You know, it's suggestive. You're not drinking is suggestive to everybody else. And it's not conscious for them, you know, just like us falling into the drinking culture is very unconscious. Us coming out of it can be very unconscious and your actions have a much bigger impact than you think. So I think that's one really cool thing about continuing 
you know, if you love your friends, if they're truly your friends and the relationships weren't built just on alcohol, you'll find that out pretty quick because they'll bore the bore you to death when you're not drinking. And then you'll be like, okay, well, that friendship wasn't actually anything besides drinking. Um, but if they're truly your friends, then, you know, it, it's really cool to see how these friendships can evolve. Um, <clears throat> so that was my first commitment. Be present. Make it not about me. Make it about them. And then by doing that, have just so much of a better night anyway. And then my second commitment is to leave when it's time to leave. And for me, that's when, and often if we're spending the night or we're camping or whatever, that's when my friends are no longer mentally present, even though they might be there physically. So I talked about this in the blog yesterday, but respecting your own time and not suffering through the misery that speaking to somebody who's trashed is incredibly empowering. And it's not a judgmental thing. It's just realizing that your friend, the person you care about, the person with all the intelligence and spark and life and vibrance, that's been hijacked. That's been hijacked by the booze. And their brain is saturated. Their neurons aren't functioning. They might be slurring. They might be wobbling. They just might have this look around their eyes where you know they're just not quite present anymore. Um, when that starts to happen, there's no reason to, to torture yourself with that. They're not gonna remember anyway. And just do yourself the favor of respecting yourself enough to leave when it's time to leave. And um, yeah, and it's funny because that it felt hard at first. But then one of the things I realized is that that time when I leave when it's time and I go to bed and I you know curl up with a book or whatever, like I've gotten to really enjoy that time. Like it's some really cool sacred time. Um, when I was drinking, I never remembered falling asleep. Nights would just kind of, they'd be like this in terms of my awareness and my consciousness. And then they kind of go like this into this like point of oblivion. And then I remember waking up the next morning feeling miserable and, and not remembering falling asleep. And so falling asleep is such a cool and nice feeling. I mean, getting cozy in your bed, reading a good book, drifting off, the day is done, you no longer have any worries or any cares, you're just feeling, you know, the feel of your sheets and your pillows, and um, it's just nice. And I cannot believe that I missed it for so many years because it is really a nice part of the day. And so, yeah, just, I guess those are my two commitments. Yes, I definitely still hang out all the drinking scenes we used to, but I make a commitment to not make it about me, um, not feel, you know, and that, that takes care of the inhibitions. And then I make the commitment to leave when it's time to leave and, and not to do it in a judgmental hater way, but just to do it in a, I'm going to take care of Annie Grace way. So thank you so much for the question, Dana. I really appreciate it. And again, Annie Grace, author of This Naked Mind, please ask me anything. Um, I'll do my best to answer. Ask in the messages or email me, hello at This Naked Mind, and um, have a great weekend. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.